0: this is diaries of a sensitive soul my name is rachel kelly welcome to my podcast as a highly sensitive person knowing there's so many others out there just like me i wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as i explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello, welcome back to Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. This episode I am so excited to share with you. The biggest takeaway for me, along with some tips after coming out of two narcissistic relationships and going through what was a long healing journey, a path with very minimal dating to begin with after the end of my last relationship And I continue to go on my healing journey and train to become a trauma-informed coach and a narcissistic abuse specialist after these relationships. So in this episode, really what my intention is, is to share how to consciously start getting involved in the dating scene if that's what you desire for yourself. So the reason that I feel like this is really important is because from my own experience and from the people that I've worked with at many different stages, whether, you know, they are ready to start dating again, they feel that they want that connection, but actually are just really scared of coming into contact with another narcissist or worried about missing the red flags. And in today's episode, I'm not going to touch so much on the red flags. I've done a couple of other episodes on this around gaslighting, love bombing, the things that we can really look out for when we're dating in the very early stages. So this one really was just to share with you some of my biggest tips in the hope that it can help you if you are feeling that you need some courage, you're not ready or sure if you're ready to go back in the dating scene. And I know all too well how scary it can be. And a lot of that fear is not just irrational. It's because we've gone through that experience. We've been heartbroken. We've been subject to emotional, physical, or psychological abuse, which can create this trauma, this dysregulation in our nervous system. It can cause us to be hypervigilant of who we're having in our space, who we're choosing to give our time and energy to. And in some ways, that's great. That's healthy for us to have that level of hypervigilance to a certain degree, because we want to be making sure that we're making the right choices. We're choosing consciously who we're giving our time and energy to when we come to dating. But when this hypervigilance leads to showing up in a way of creating a sense of discomfort, taking all of the joy and the fear out of the dating process, then we really want to understand, you know, how can we optimize this experience for ourselves? How can we have more fun? So with that being said, I'm going to go through a couple of different things that I did. And I will share with you first that the very first period of the breakup. I was pretty distraught. And this is from, I'm talking about my most recent relationship, which ended over two years ago now. And I was so shocked. I was so hurt. I was so mind blown that I had allowed myself to have this wall pulled over my eyes to think that I was a really intelligent, smart woman who had already been just in a um, previous situationship relationship before and um, I came straight out of that one and into another one. So clearly what that experience told me was that I didn't give myself enough time. I was hurt from that first situation which luckily was only around six months and I found out from this previous one that there was a whole secret life mission thing going on that he had another partner and he had Um, yeah, basically playing stepdad to this, um, this other girl. When I found out it was a complete no contact, like I have way too much pride to be dealing with someone like that. But the thing is, I was still in that for some time. And I still didn't pick up the flags over those six months. But what I then did was I didn't know really what healing I was supposed to do. And my nervous system was, was feeling like it just needed soothing. And maybe I didn't have all of the tools to self-soothe. So what did I do among other things that was going on in my life, other healing processes and during the pandemic, I allowed myself to feel like I could open up again to somebody else that came swooping in with this enormous amount of love bombing and affection. So when this relationship ends, now the latter one that I'm talking about, I realized that I went straight from one to the next and just didn't give myself time. I didn't even allow myself to think about what had happened. So it caused me to get involved with another one of these types of people. So I gave myself six months, six months, and I didn't know it would be six months, but I just said to myself, you are not ready to date again. You are not ready to get back involved in space seeing other men, speaking to other men, like your energy needs to be focused on you. And that's because I knew that I had stuff to work on. I had to be the one that took responsibilities for the fact that why (laughs) I was getting involved in all these relationships, the people around me really wasn't. I had people around me with healthy connections. I had people around me that were dating and maybe they weren't finding the right people but they weren't necessarily allowing these narcissistic and and kind of toxic individuals into their life. So when I looked and realized that I was this kind of person that had multiple experiences, I had to realize that I, I had a part to play. So I dated myself. For six months, I did nothing but give myself. I grieved, obviously. I went through the pain, the heartbreak. And then I gave myself the time to really understand myself inside out. I gave myself all of the love that I would want other people to give me. And that looked like taking myself out, honoring who I was by really getting to understand and know myself and bigging myself up through compassionate, kind, loving self-talk. Understanding that I actually had so much to offer and that I had to decide that these people didn't get access to me, the kinds of people that took advantage of me, that wanted to be around my light, my joy, my love, they they just wanted that for their supply. And I realized that I would rather, having gone through this pain, be without this this false love from other men than then have to go through this ordeal, this heartbreak, this false illusion, these false relationships that were all based on lies. And I owed that to myself. I deserved to feel worthy and loved, and to have real nourishing connections. But I had to recognize that for myself first. I had to stop giving my attention outside of me and thinking that the men could give me these types of feelings. They could give me these types of this type of validation. And whenever there was a piece of loneliness coming up within me, which of course it did, sometimes, you know, we're going through something hard. The easiest and the best thing can be co-regulation. To find that co-regulation among other people by finding other people to help us soothe, to feel safe with, like these safe kinds of people. It could be a pet, but it could also just be your friends, your family, or a loved one someone that's showing you that you, you know, reflecting back to you that you deserve that love. When we are healing from an abusive relationship, from something that has caused us a a huge amount of pain, that's like, we, we want that, you know, this is why we see this happening in so many people. It's not like, I don't think my story is unique. In fact, I know that I've spoken to Other people since my experience and some of the people that I've worked with have found themselves in repeated cycles because they're not or haven't been giving themselves that space to self-soothe and to understand that we have the tools to work through whatever these deeper wounds are that are causing us to get attracted into these dynamics. So I dated myself and you know this looked like just honoring who I was, loving myself. It's like asking myself the question, What do I really want from somebody else? What is it they're giving me? And then I would write all of that down and understand on an emotional level, like what I got from these people or what I thought I was getting from these people. And I committed to giving that to myself. And after these six or so months, I decided that I would go back on dating apps and I would start to just explore maybe the options out there for me to see how I had shifted and how putting in this time, effort and energy had to myself had created maybe uh, new insights for me in the dating world. So I created this kind of fun experiment for myself. I took away all of the pressure for whatever these connections were going to be. And I used it as more as like an experimental process. For me to learn more about who I am, what I liked, what I don't like, and to see how I show up in these dating situations now that I know who I am, what I desire, and what I don't desire. And actually taking that pressure off dating to, you know, for it to be, I'm dating to find my husband, I'm dating to get married. I actually, even though my intention in the back of my head was so clear of what I wanted and that is what I want. I took the pressure off and I detached from the experience itself. It was more of like taking away that pressure that what that the next person that I would meet would be the one. And by taking that pressure off, I gave myself a more even ground to be more rational in these dating situations. And I, real- I realized going in like to these situations that like, this is about me choosing somebody else. This isn't about, you know, it's, it's about making myself aware that like, I have a choice in this whole process. This isn't going into a date, a date saying, are you going to choose me? Please choose me. I want to be chosen. It was me discerning, who do I want? What kind of person am I looking for? And do these people add up and match up to what I want? So that was a piece of work that came during the six months, me getting clear exactly who I wanted to date, exactly the kind of person that was going to have longevity, the kind of longer term relationships, the kinds of things that I wanted them to be doing. Like I had to understand that like the guy that was going out partying every weekend that was still taking drugs, that was maybe like the DJ that would have been someone I was deeply attracted to like you know, ten years ago, maybe six, seven, eight years ago is not the kind of person that I want like that that bad boy persona is not the person that I want, so I had to be clear with that, and how this actually looked in a dating situation was me feeling how nice it felt whenever. I matched with somebody that I felt maybe physically attracted to and understanding after having conversations with them, which I didn't do for a really long time before I went on the first date, by the way, I made sure that like a date was scheduled before I spent like months on end talking to them. And then I realized like, oh, we haven't had a date scheduled. This isn't aligned to what I want because this person is clearly not leading and taking the lead and, and, saying that they want a date and if I've ever mentioned it and this person has rejected my request to going out for a drink for example then this just shows me they're not the kind of person that I'm looking to get involved with and yes I think this happened a couple of times before I put my foot down and realized like I don't want to be entertaining this I'm not here for a pen pal just to have fun on hinge because that's not fun for me I hate small talk so like it was putting in those boundaries of when I'm dating, we're getting a date lined up and then we're gonna have these conversations in person and I'm gonna get a feel for your energy because think about it, if you're on dating apps, like how much of the time uh, have you bit turned up to a date? And by the way, I have really haven't been on that many from dating apps, but from the few that I have, I can tell you that it's a completely different experience and I would have swiped left to... So many of the people that in real life I phys- I've, I'm i emotionally, mentally, intellectually, and physically attracted to. So, apps for me can really not tell me that much at all. So, it's so important for me that I get those dates scheduled in straight away and I'm not wasting my time and investing my precious energy into conversations with people that may half the time just be using dating apps for their ego, just to inflate their sense of, ooh, Another dopamine here, another like, another swipe, another match, another person like talking to me, you know, all of this stuff. So I had to be really aware of that for myself. Okay, so back to what I was trying to say just a moment ago before I went on a tangent around, you know, would I swipe left? Would I have swiped right? You know, all of this stuff. What I was going on to say was that when it comes to going on a date and deciding who you're going to go on a date with, If you're using apps, you're going to have that initial dopamine here, right? Like you're going to have that feeling come up when it feels good to think, oh, maybe I'm physically attracted to them. Like this person looks like my kind of person that I've envisioned in my mind. But you know that their, their lifestyle isn't aligned to you. What this looked like in practice for me to put in the work that I was really working on with myself was to realize that in each single moment along this dating process, I have a choice and I have to decide for myself what I am going to put up with and what I'm not. And this looked like realizing that this feel good feeling sometimes that came from somebody asking me out on a date me recognizing that I felt good in this moment because it flattered me, it flattered my ego, I was getting attention, which is soothing for our nervous system. But I had to ask myself, why does this feel good? And if I go on a date with this person knowing full well that we aren't aligned, what is the intention behind that? Why am I chasing this feel-good feeling is there any part of them that I feel is aligned and I want to give them a chance? Or do I already deep down know from giving that fact that I've done all of this work on getting clear? Am I doing this for a temporary feel-good factor? And am I being completely honest with myself? So these were the kind of questions I was having to ask myself in the in the middle of the dating. And this is when the work becomes the work because you're doing it in real time. So for me, it was this fun experiment of like, how can I, like every time I said no to somebody else, I felt good about myself. Whenever somebody said no to me, or I I felt rejected or ghosted, which happened a lot of the time just to get ghosted on these apps is like, yeah, it it happens so much. You know, after we've scheduled dates and things like that, or even after dates, ghosted, people communicating and saying, let's go on a second, third date and then just ghosting. So these patterns, they happen. And I learned that rejection, if I rejected, which isn't, You know, yeah, if I told somebody that it's not aligned, which I did in a very clear, communicative way, that, or if I got rejected and people didn't do it with integrity, either way, I knew that that was a blessing. I knew that that was a step closer to the people that was right for me. And I felt excited that I was able to clear away that energy that wasn't right for me. I felt excited that I'd learned to use my voice and communicate good boundaries around what I want. So it started to actually feel like a nice, fun process. And seeing it like that, seeing it like an experience where I could learn so much about myself really did and has helped me. And I'm talking about this, I guess, in the past a lot because I'm really reflecting on the kind of the first year after this breakup, because that was a time where I did actually use dating apps. And it's not something that I've used recently because... I just feel like it's not a a space. Yeah, I basically just decided after kind of this whole experimental process that it wasn't a space that I I intuitively feel that I'm, I'm gonna meet someone that's maybe aligned. And my energy just wasn't in it, you know? It came to a point where I was setting myself alarms. Like, this is so funny when I told my friends this, but I was setting myself alarms and scheduling when to talk to people in my dating apps. Like on my phone because I was so bad at like wanting to even talk to pe- like strangers. So it was like, okay, check your hinge, like set that reminder of like check it. And then it was like, it felt like a chore. It felt like a chore in the end. And I was like, what, the reason why I did it in the first place was because I was saying to myself, like, I really want to meet someone that's so aligned. But I realized that my lifestyle wasn't really supportive of allowing me to be in places where I thought I was going to meet this aligned like-minded man so i was like you know we're living in this day and age where we have access to to the internet and we have these these dating apps and i feel like i'm kind of not opening and maximizing my chances of meeting that person if i if i'm not doing that but after trialing it out i realized that it just didn't feel aligned for me and it, things shifted up a little bit. I moved away in, in January. And I found myself in more spaces with more aligned people. And I realized it actually wasn't that like essential for me. And I know everyone's journey is different. So this is definitely a moment for you to check in with yourself. If it's something you're considering, how do I move forward? How do I meet people? How do I date? Is, does it feel good for you? Test it out. Just see what it feels like. Okay, so I know that I have referenced that this episode is really going to be, you know, aimed at people that have come out of toxic relationships, narcissistic relationships, or, you know, repeated dating cycles where it's just like, how and why am I ending up with just the wrong people? And what I want to say on this is, It's not that you are never going to bump into another narcissist or another toxic or emotionally unavailable person ever again. It's not that. What I'm saying though, when you get to do this work is you get to have your boundaries around you that act as your bodyguards. You get the new consciousness, you get the new awareness, you understand what red flags are and then you know that you have that choice. There are many people like this in the world. You're never just going to stop meeting them, but you will, because there's this whole idea of like, oh, why do I attract? It's not just about attracting them. The people that don't go in these relationships or get involved with these kind of people, the people that have done the work on their wounds, their codependency, they're aware that people that are breadcrumbing with this minimal love, this manipulation, that people are aware of that and they don't settle for that. So this is when the work comes in. You're going to find that you're gonna still have these people. And you may be presented and tested by the universe on those first few dates of like the same kind of man. And I know I did. I had my fair share of emotionally unavailable people when I stepped back into that dating scene six to eight months after the end of my last relationship. I did, but this time I didn't entertain it. I, I actually felt like repelled and repulsed and put off and disgusted really by some of that behavior. So I was like, I am so worthy of good love and good people in my life that I'm not going to mess around with this anymore. And I immediately cut them off. So that's how it looks. That's how it practically looks in the kind of dating world. And as a side note, the research that has been done around narcissistic Uh, individuals and really understanding when we, you know, when their mask drops and when we get to recognize them. They say it takes about seven dates or seven interactions to really understand and notice and see these patterns of behavior coming through. So you may notice on the first or second, but if you don't, more of those covert behaviors may not become clear until a bit later on. So this is a signpost to say to you, just keep reflecting keep doing the work, go on your, do the work here in these early stages, start understanding and getting clear about what you want. And then keep continuing to do the work on those deeper, deeper wounds. So let me just touch on what these wounds are and this kind of work that you can do during your kind of period of emerging back into the dating world. So for me, how this looked, I actually took myself on a journey where I investigated all of my core beliefs and core wounds around like, what did I really deeply desire to be true around the kind of love that I deserved? I actually went through a healing program before I trained and became a narcissistic abuse specialist. I went from my own trauma recovery program and codependency and self-worth program to really understand these patterns and just to understand myself on a deeper level and these types of subconscious programs playing out. I went back in and I understood cognitively that the love that we receive in childhood or at least the messages that we internalize from our parental relationships, our caregivers, those primary attachments are the versions of love that we continue to seek in adulthood. And it also is about those coping mechanisms that we use to soothe our nervous system and to soothe those wounds as we move through our dating situations, our dating lives and the world. So the kind of coping mechanisms are, you know, why do we give, give, give and give and keep giving to try and be more than who we are? And if you notice those coping mechanisms, you can almost work backwards and reverse engineer and understand, like, I have these coping mechanisms. They're here because they're protecting something on a much deeper level, a part of me that has been wounded and exiled out of the system, a core pain, a core wound, a core belief that was once too painful to feel. And we have these protectors again that come up into our system that are designed to protect that pain from that that wound, that scab from being picked and that scab bleeding and that wound becoming open and exposed again. So we understand that we have all these coping mechanisms, these moments where we accept breadcrumbs because breadcrumbs feel safer than to have no love at all. So when we realize that we have these core underneath wounds around codependency, these core wounds of feeling unlovable, which again, as I say, most of this is so subconscious ingrained into a nervous system level, which is why we repeat the cycles until we bring the unconscious conscious. So when we look at these patterns, we're just, we're just bringing that awareness to the front of our mind. And then we can do those nervous system practices as well to help us heal in real time. And when, when it comes to the part where we're saying to ourselves, like, we are not accepting this anymore. I realize that I have to show myself I am worthy and deserving of good love. And this is when you can start to find evidence and prove to yourself that you're worthy by making those decisions within your dating world pretty much straight away once you've understood that awareness, like, you don't need to wait. You've got that awareness now. And then you can go in and then you can decide for yourself. This is my, my choice to show myself, show because our nervous system responds through felt sense and through learned experiences that I am worthy of choosing someone. And then what's gonna happen when you make those choices, you are gonna become more involved with the most aligned people that you can be because you, it's like, I'm saying no to this, I'm saying no to this, I'm saying no to this. You're clearing the path for the more aligned people to come in, you're telling the universe by your actions, what you don't desire, what you don't deserve. So this is really important. And this is why, you know, like, this is not to say you're going to get this right straight away. But when you go back in the dating world, you have to keep reminding yourself like, you are so, so worthy of, of these amazing people in your life. And you really have to understand like, are you ready to go back into that? Are you still coming from a place where you don't feel worthy? Are you still coming from a place where you notice that the breadcrumbs still feel good for you? Because if that's the case and you're like, oh, I'm still meeting these men and I'm still saying yes to go on, a, on this drink, even though intuition says don't go, even though they've told you what they do with their lifestyle, they party every weekend and you realize that's not aligned. And this isn't me judging those people that are partying all week every weekend, but it's a very personal example that I used as a, a, a judgment for me because that's not the person that I wanted in my life. So using these metrics and understanding, I keep saying yes to these people that aren't aligned. This means I need to go back and do this work on myself. What is it, in, what is it within me that thinks that, that doing that is, you know, is the right thing to do? And usually that's the younger child being like, hey, I just want some love and I, I need some attention and I feel scared and I'm worried that I'm never gonna meet the right person. Yeah, that's the work, the inner child work, reparenting that part of you. What do they need? What do they need to know, validate and give? as much as you can what that younger scared part of you that feels unlovable is because ultimately when we realize these patterns that's what's driving the behavior for us to a end up in narcissistic and toxic dynamics and b that causes us not the only thing but one of the reasons that we stay in them when we get caught up in these patterns these relationships is because of that scared inner child it's also dependent on that addiction cycle, you know, the abuse cycle, the chemicals going around in our body, the dopamine, the cortisol, the addiction, the norepinephrine, all of those cycles of neurotransmitters and uh, hormones that keep going up and down, up and down, and keep us stuck in these cycles. So, I think one of the last things that I will touch on here is a reminder that you don't have to do this alone and what i mean by that is find a way to work through this and have people support you have people support you however that looks a therapist a coach podcasts journaling prompts friends family people close to you like if you're unsure of a person you're unsure about getting back into the dating world one thing I want to offer you is to speak to your closest friends and people that you are close to that really know you and ask for their judgments, ask for their opinions. And I know this was always a tricky one for me. I talk about it in other podcasts, but I didn't want to ever listen to my friends' opinions and advice because personally, I felt like they didn't really know who I was or who I was becoming. So my friends that had known me from school, I was like, no, I'm a different person now. And they don't know me. They don't know the kind of man that I'm looking for because this kind of person isn't like my friends. It's not like my friends' boyfriends either. So they're not going to have the right judgments because they're just going to judge them because they're different, because I'm different. You know, this type of kind of narrative. But what I realized is our friends closest to us will know us and will have a very neutral judgment on the situation because they can see things when there's not, you know, an emotional investment into this, these people, So I would encourage that you continue to use your intuition and in the meantime, whilst you're building up and developing your own awareness of what feels good for you intuitively in your body with these people, what feels like a safe person, who feels like they are the right kind of person and who feels like they're the wrong kind of person, what responses is your body doing when you have a conversation with them on your dating app? when they message you, when they don't message you, when you're with them in person. And in the meantime, while you're working on those processes, I want you to to seek out support and find your friends and family to gauge, to gain their opinions. And it's something, as I said, that I underestimated as um, kind of a vital piece in my dating world. So now I tell my friends that I'm in contact with at least... Um, I have a couple of people that yeah I maybe share these things with in the process if I'm stuck or confused or I maybe just reflect on to them what's been going on in my world and then I allow them to reflect back what their thoughts are and I don't I don't get angry or I don't get annoyed if they're if they're disapproving I actually just take it on board and I'm like okay appreciate what you have to share and that's given me something to think about and ponder Okay, so just to summarize what I have shared in this, I really wanted this just to give some food for thought for people and some insights about my own personal journey of navigating back in the dating world since a narcissistic uh, relationship. And I hope that this has given you some more clarity or maybe courage or confidence to know that this experience with dating There doesn't have to be pressure. There doesn't have to be an experience for you that feels stressful. And I know that when we're fearing the worst, when we're fearing, you know, we're like, this has happened to us once or twice or multiple times, and my nervous system is still healing. The last thing you want to do is go back and and find someone that is uh, an unsafe kind of person so what you, what you do during that period, I, I really highly recommend that you do take time alone after your breakup and you go into these workings of your inner child, your core wounds around codependency. You look at the reasons why you allowed these behaviors to happen in the first place and start with compassion and understand that if you feel ready, there's a part of you maybe that is ready continue to do the work and continue to show up in these dating situations with so much self-love, so much compassionate passion and so much clarity with who you are desiring to date. Use that as your benchmark. This is the list of the person that I'm looking for. And if somebody doesn't fully align to what you're looking for, be curious. This doesn't mean you have to say no to absolutely every like person that doesn't have every single point on your like list of what you want but what it's saying is be aware of what you want and then use your own intuition and discernment around these kinds of people that you're allowing in your life if you start to recognize that you are seeking breadcrumbs you're seeking instant validation you're using dating apps just because you're feeling lonely or bad about yourself you have more work to do around those core wounds because they're indicators to you showing you that you're willing to settle for minimal love and effort from a decent human being and what do you really desire do you want deep lasting loving connections that make you feel safe and whole and you know you already are those things but you're choosing someone now that reflects that back to you because you have a choice you have that choice and If we go into this with that scarcity mindset of there's no good people out there, there's no one out there that's going to be suited to me, there's no one out there that's going to be um, what I want because I have too high standards, it's an option and moment, like this work doesn't stop. You go on your dates, what's going to happen is you're going to go on your dates, you're going to meet people, they're going to reflect back to you, is my list too high? Have I got too high standards? Where, is it, where are all these people that I really, really desire? And it's a continual working progress. You're just looking at what you've got there. You're looking at your values. Do these people align to what you want and do their values match what you want? Are you aligned in those types of things? These are like the core foundations, the basics. Like, Do they have the same lifestyle and the future that aligns with what you're looking for? The one thing we don't want to get caught up in as well, and I'll finish this as the last final note here, is that energy of wanting to fix and change people. This is why we end up in those narcissistic or toxic relationships. In my last relationships, that wasn't really my case, but it has been in the past where I've noticed and I found someone that's maybe been in a really bad place. And I'm like, oh, I know that just by being around me, they're going to feel really good and they they tell me this, they tell me that my energy and my presence makes them feel really good about themselves and I, I like that, that makes me feel good because at some point in my life I learned that yeah like that gives me a sense of worth and, and validation too but I've seen that in those situations that if I've gone into something with an energy of I don't fully know if I'm aligned to this person, I know that I make them feel good, but I don't know that I'm choosing them for who they are right now. Maybe I'm falling in love with their potential. And it's these kinds of romanticizing, fantasizing patterns that keep us stuck again in these patterns. And so reminding yourself, journal it out, put all your thoughts down, get really, really clear, make this an ongoing investigation about yourself not necessarily about other people and understand that like if you make it about a fun experiment you get to see this as a process for your personal growth and you get to see this that the person that you will end up with if you're desiring a longer term relationship is going to get the version of you who is so clear about what they want which means you're going to show up aligned you're going to be fulfilled from that place of you know what lights you up You're living that life that feels really great. And this person that comes along, if you're desiring this relationship, is gonna come on and just add to who you are. You're already whole. You already know you're whole and complete. And this person's just gonna come along and they're gonna fit in nicely. But they're not gonna be that person that comes to fix you or that you can fix. They're not gonna be coming in to complete your world because you already get to do that inner work for yourself. So I'll leave that episode here and I'm sending you so much love. Again, if you have any questions, I work privately one-on-one as well with people. Reach out. We can have a chat. And As always, if there's any stories, insights, or reflections you'd love to share, you can reach me on Instagram. At I am Rachel Kelly, and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart, or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love, and I'll see you in the next episode.